Oscar Poker. said the two big welcome surprises <clears throat> two movies shot right to the top of the of the charts for me for the for 2011 is the huge surprise of um x-men first class being mm-hmm. as as well jiggered and and well plotted and just uh, moves right along and i didn't have any issues with it i i accepted it totally as an origin story that had snap and and it was concise and each scene had a kind of a pop element and it just moved it was really really quite good now the only time it uh did you have a chance to see it yet or i haven't seen it no i didn't even get an invite to it so oh well well that's something you should uh you should, you should uh, definitely see because it's really uh it's it's one of those films that is uh, an exception to the rule of superhero um on car- you know marvel movies and it's uh it really does uh, uh you know it does not um the only time it it kind of drops down a little bit is during the obligatory in all movies when they get to their obligatory third act payoffs which is what you're supposed to see you see the big CG effects and the big conflicts and the big, you know, the, you've seen this stuff before. Then it kind of like settles in a kind of a, you know, it feels familiar. It doesn't feel exceptional. And you're kind of waiting for it to, you know, mm. it's okay. But you're not thrilled by it. It's the lead up. First, the first half, first two thirds, sublime. And I was really surprised. I came out like really surprised. It felt so good because I hate superhero movies. I know. I was going to say, how could it possibly be that good? Well, I'm just saying it's well made. It's well cut together. It's exciting and it's thrilling, tight. and yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're basically doing this whole, you know, this is how Magneto got to be Magneto. This is how, you know, Professor X, right? Isn't that Patrick Stewart? It's Professor X or Doctor, you know. Right, right. You know, I mean, everything is explained. You know, uh, at one point, um, you know, he says, you know, next thing you know, I'll be going bald. I mean, it's it's funny. You know? Hmm. And you don't have to know anything about the characters to appreciate it. No, I think you do. You have no, you to have do. seen the previous X-Men films, but who hasn't? They've been going on since for 10 years now. I know it seems like it, but it's definitely more a boy's thing than a girl's thing, I have to say. <laughs> it's not like every girl is going to rush out and see it. So what do you think about the um, January Jones and uh, the director? Do you think that that's going to affect it at all? Why would you think it would? You know, she got pregnant by him. Big mm. deal. So mm-hmm. he's, uh, who's he married to? He's married to an actress, right? Claudia Schiffer. Okay, well then I guess that uh, relationship is under strain, if, if it's true, I mean. Right, uh, do right. we know it's true? No, I mean, it's just gossip. But you know how oh. those things go. It's like as soon yeah. as the press gets wind of it, that's what, that's what they're going to be covering, you know, in the, the movie. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe it won't. Well, I don't think it's the first time that it, actress and the director have um, uh, slept together during um, production. Uh, it's certainly not the first time, uh, uh, you know, marriages have come apart. Uh, things happen during shoots. There's the mm. basic rule about, um, 
you know, affairs that happen during a film, right. particularly when the director's involved. It's sort of an unwritten rule that they're, uh, that what it's, it's kind of like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens on the yeah. set stays on the set. Unless there's a baby. Unless there's a baby. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. And it's also, they're not really saying that, that it is his baby, but I guess everybody assumes um, it is. I just think that it's the kind of thing that the press would sort of tear apart. Why? Um, that's gossip. It's sex. It's, you know, it's it's a story. But is there, is anybody actually saying this is, don't believe, there? this is, this really did happen and here's why? Nobody it? has admitted it. They're just, um, it's sort of in the John Edwards stage of denial. You know, she's not saying who the baby's father is, and he's not. His reps are denying it completely. But but that's yeah. because they've got this huge movie about to open. You know, I don't think the people who are going to see it really care. They're yeah. not going to care. They're just going to go see it. <laughs> I got to be uh, really frank about something. Talk about reps denying something that is uh, personally embarrassing for an actress or an actor. I was really, really charmed and taken. And uh, from by those Blake Lively photos, mm. I'm not saying those are real. You understand? I don't know a damn thing, but it sure looks like her. You mean with Leo DiCaprio? Not with Leo DiCaprio. Bathroom photos allegedly taken by her during the making of the town. Uh, apparently, some people. Oh God! Are these nude on. nude photos? I, yes. I, I didn't even yes. hear this story. Of course, no, you would is know, I, Jeff. iPhone stuff. <laughs> And it looks pretty good. And I'm thinking, you know, for the first time, I don't exactly pour over the celebrity nude sites. Oh, you don't, do you? But I'll tell you, this got me. I said, this is good. You know, this is, you know, I never thought really that much about Blake Lively. I thought she was, you know, okay. Uh, I never really watched Gossip. Oh, here she is. Oh, my God. And, uh, And have you ever watched Gossip Girl? Sure. No, I've been a big fan of Blake Lively's forever. I thought that she was, oh, well, now I can see why Leonardo DiCaprio is dating her. Mm. They could be fake, though. No, yeah, I don't, I don't know anything. But, but according to the people that, are, that were studying, there's a neck tattoo. She played a kind of a sleazy She person. looks like she has um, fake boobs. Well, well, they're just perky and, and, and young looking. She's and young. not that old. She's only 24, right? Uh, Isn't she? I don't know. She's got a nice body. Yeah. She'd be very popular on Flickr. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whoever that is, it might, it sure looks like her to me, her face, you know, and, uh, and uh, there's no upside in saying, well, yes, it is her. But, and I, and I feel. Uh, it doesn't look like her body, honestly. I, um, okay. All right. I, I do watch Gossip Girl and I've seen her on, um, I watched her, I've been watching her career for years because I was a big fan of hers. Um, when she first did the travel sisterhood of the traveling pants. Uh-huh. And when I saw that, you know, I thought, Oh God, she's going to be a huge star this girl. She's going to be a huge star. And then, um, it, she went on gossip girl and I thought, okay, well there goes her career. She's just always going to be this TV actress, but then she did the town and now she's dating Leo and that's going to take her up. And she's, mm-hmm. and very down to earth, very cool person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that's her. I mean, they fake this stuff all the time, you know, it's really easy to do. But again, uh, I'm not the uh, the scholar. I'm not the detective. But apparently, there are indications of fake tattoos that she has. One that she has on her neck that matches the one that her character used in the uh, the town. Apparently, I, I'm just second. I'm just going from memory. There's apparently some strong conviction that it's real. 
that's what got me aroused because I thought <laughs> this might be real. You know? Oh, um, I don't know. Who do you think she's sending them to, Leo? No, no, this is, again, back during the making of the town. I know, but who else is she going to be sending nude photos to? Uh, I understand to? she might have sent them to Ben Affleck or something. Mm -mm. Or maybe to somebody that she knew. But it was during the making of the town. This is three years ago, if, uh, according to the legend of this thing. I'm only saying this point. I'm not trying to say that they're real. But what I'm saying is, <clears throat> and this is how the, they're very fetching, and I suddenly, she popped into my consciousness, I will never forget her. <laughs> Because of these and the DiCaprio thing. Now, uh, to me, she's in a, a class that, uh, that has made an impression upon me. Well, if you want to see so. her, like, as the sexy girl, she plays that in the first Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. She doesn't look the same because she got a nose job. But um, okay. but she's got a great body, and she's showing it off all through that whole movie. I don't think okay. she's nude in it, but she's mm -hmm. she's practically nude. She's wearing okay. bathing suits and skimpy outfits and stuff, you know. Okay. So you could probably watch that, and you could probably figure out if it was real or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so somebody hacked into her cell phone and, and posted these? Yes, that's where they came from. They popped through, uh, I don't know, four, four days ago, three, four days you ago. You know, I've seen fakes, though, really good fakes of people that, like Katy Perry and stuff that just are not real. So Yeah, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, things can be very easily uh, fussed with and played with. It just there's something about them that didn't look fuss with that's what i that's what per, you know, persuaded me that there might be something happening here yeah it's possible so why would she say that they're not hers i guess because it's personally embarrassing because it feels awful to be uh you know um, if you take pictures of yourself for, for whatever reason it feels you know gross to be violated like this and I, I certainly feel for uh with, you know i feel for anthony weiner and his ridiculous idiotic you know, uh, so be so stupid as to as to tweet photos of the bulge in your in your underwear, and and to think that somehow, once you've put something out there in the public arena. I know. You mean he didn't direct message them? He actually tweeted them to somebody. That's apparently what the substance of his admission at a press conference earlier today at one thirty um, East Coast time. Well, see these photos; they look like they're half real and half fake. Like the the close-ups of her look like they're really her, and uh -huh. then the like the tit shots look like they're two different women. Mm -hmm. They don't. I mean, I hate to be gross, but they don't look like the same nipples. <laughs> okay. If you look at the close-up ones of her and then you look at the bigger shots of her in the bathroom, those look like totally different breasts, don't they? Um, they look really great for a 24-year-old. I guess I guess what you're saying is that they look more like a 16-year-old because you're, mm -mm. you're really, No, not really, even. Uh, they look like two different two different types of women taking okay. these photos. Like the first right. ones look different than the second ones. And mm. Mm. Um, So what do you think of Super 8? Have you seen that yet? No, I'm going to the premiere. Uh, um, You're going Wednesday? Yeah. So am I. Oh, you are? Okay, well, we'll see you there. Me and Emma are going. And so is uh, uh, Roger Durling. Mm-hmm. And uh, Svetlana's coming with me. Oh, nice. That should be fun. Are you going to go to the after party? Of course you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's, Pete said he read the review that I posted on the, let me see, it was like three days ago or what is it? Saturday. Saturday morning. This is after I had seen it uh, at the uh, AMC IMAX theater, which isn't really an IMAX theater. It's just a big screen. It's fake, fake IMAX over there. Um, and he said I, he could tell that I was, like, contorting myself to be nice to the film. 
uh, you have not done it all, and you're going to write it, I guess. Basically, I, <clears throat> you know, uh, what matters to me, to me is what I said. Uh, I think a lot of people love the fact that this is a real uh, revisiting of the of what Spielberg films used to feel like in the mm-hmm. late, late 70s, early 80s. We all remember. And there was a quality and a vibe that he was able to summon that, it was, that came from him. And I think that J.J. Abrams feels uh, on his own in a, in a real, genuine, emotional, personal way. And that comes through. And Elle Fanning is a, just kills in this thing, I mm-hmm. think. She doesn't give, she isn't given enough great scenes, but she does really nail it a couple of times. And so you think, she, well, this is a movie star. She is definitely a movie star. She's not just an actress any longer. Um, and the young kid um, is is uh, who's very very good. Um, um, why is his name uh, failing me? Joel Courtney. Joel Courtney. And um, so, but I didn't like the plot uh, as it as it wound up in Act Three. That was my issue. Right. So what's the deal? Is it a bad movie? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you're, who who now who said it was a really terrible movie? So Devin, right? Chris Devin. Tapley. And and but you've got people like you know like I quoted uh, I, I linked to a quote from Richard Corliss at the time, calling it uh, you know exceptional, really really good. He called it the mo- the most the year's most thrilling, feeling mainstream movie. Okay, anybody other than Richard Corliss? Oh well, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's, yeah. it had eighty seven percent last time I looked. But I mean, what about the fanboys? Did they? What did they think of it? I mean, in slash film and all those guys. Did they go head over heels for it or what? Well, right now it's sitting at eighty-three. I can just rec- I, I, I can tell you that most people. Uh, by, by the way, Todd McCarthy was pretty happy with it. Uh, Variety guy. Let me see. Fanboys. Uh, let me see. Um, it's it, most people are going to give it a, uh, a a positive mix or mixed positive. They're going to say that. They didn't quite believe some aspects of it. It is a kind of a, you know, and I, I, I described it as a mistreated alien dog movie. Um, mm. um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's not, it's not fully satisfying on a story level. So that doesn't mean it stinks at all. That doesn't mean it's a problem. It just means that it's not fully satisfying because it really does get so many things right. It's just that. Um, I think at the end of the day, you're telling me that I, I'm, I'm, I'm equivocating. I'm not trying to equivocate. I'm trying to really be honest. There are many good things about it, and I, I never felt um, like, like dismissive of it or unhappy or, or scowling or seething. It was never on that level. So. No, I mean, I just want to know if it's a good or a bad movie. I guess I'll find out. You know how they always say, well, you know, you always know if a movie's good or bad. And if, if people think the movie's bad and you happen to like it, that's one thing, you know. Here's Jordan Hoffman. Do you happen to know him personally? UGO. Mm-hmm. A, a, noble, a noble effort that gets a lot right and a lot wrong. Drew says here that the gentle charms and young cast won me over. See, won me over. In other words, there's stuff to be won over because right. of. And in the end, it's a lovely look. See, in the end, you know what that means? That means, despite the problems, this is a lovely look at getting over pain and letting go, wrapped in just a bit of sci-fi and wonder. So, you know. Huh. So well, I don't think it's uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty really okay and it's and it's uh, and it's some of it's uh, excellent and um, and I just uh, you know I wish that it's like uh, Jess who was it um, 
um, from the Miami Herald, Jesse Rod uh, Rodriguez, Rene Rodriguez, told me that um, he felt that that basically, you know, uh, in order to get this film made, J.J. Abrams had to deliver what sounded like a big element, uh, you know, this kind of monster movie, and get uh, big crowds. And but he but what he really cared about was the intimate emotional stuff and the young kid stuff and the filmmaking stuff, right. and that's what works the best. I think that the uh, the personal passion always comes through. No matter what you think you're doing, you're trying to construct something that's supposed to be big ticket, big box office, gonna has to have the big elements. But it's not. It's it's what you care about is what finally comes through. What what moves you personally, the, the creator. I mean. Hmm. Well, I'll be curious to see it. So, what do you think? Um, does it have any kind of Oscar promise at all, or is it just? No, it's not. It's not on that level. It's mm. not on that level. It's. I mean, Close Encounters was not a uh, Oscar movie. Uh, E.T. should have been a Best Picture uh, winner, I think, but that was the exception. Most of his films are not on that level. He's a the 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 auteur in a way is Steven Spielberg, even though it's J.J. and he apparently co-wrote the script together. And it's uh, it's not uh, it's, these kind of movies are not they're just made to be satisfying uh, movies of a of a high grade popcorn level. So someone was taking you to task for being too easy on the movie, is that right? And they said no. Pete was observing, not taking me to task. He was there. He said I could tell that you were contorting yourself in order to be as nice as you could. Oh, and why does he think that? Because of the ads. No, he said based based upon my review that I wrote last weekend. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's. I don't know. I think it's not it's not really a film that seems to be designed for the kind of people that got to see it early, you know? The the Devons and the Drews. It doesn't seem to be their kind of thing. It's probably much more up my daughter's alley, you know? Mm -hmm. The 13, mm -hmm. 14 year olds are probably really gonna love it. But yeah. that makes me wonder, is it like flipped? Is it like Rob Reiner's flipped, you know? Is it gonna be that kind of movie? I didn't even see flips. Did I know, you? right? Nobody saw it. I saw it. It was pretty good. But <laughs> This movie will do a lot better than that. So, um. Okay, so those are the two things happening in your world. I noticed that you went oh, up... Oh, there's also Beginners. Have you seen that? Beginners. I have not. Sasha. <laughs> I know. I'll let that through to you. So you, you <laughs> drove up to Santa Barbara to see it, right? Yeah. I, well, the second half I went. Because mm -hmm, awesome. you've already seen it before, yeah. I had seen one hour's worth of it. I had to leave the screening in order to catch a 9 p.m. screening of X-Men First Class, so that's why I had to see the second half. And I got to meet Mike Mills, uh, or listen to him do a Q&A with Roger, and then Roger had a party at his home, uh, and Mike Mills came over, and that was really nice. So. Wow, nice, yeah. And then uh, Roger and Dan invited me to stay at their place. It's one of the most elegant places. They, they live in this beautiful home on this kind of... Mm -hmm. Grassy field in Golita. Wow! And it's uh, it's and it's got an outdoor fire, one of those rock, rock rock covered fireplaces, and uh, and every place has every room ha almost every room has a fireplace and it's just uh, immaculate. It's My God! Beautiful. It's like it better. It's like an architectural digest type of home. Mm, wow, nice, yeah. nice. So, but Beginners, you do think is an Oscar movie, right? You think it has performance? Yeah, I think performance. without question. Let's just say this very clearly. I don't think there's any question. This has to be a Christopher Plummer, Best Supporting Actor. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he's going to win or anything. This is early. But how? I don't see how anybody could argue and say, no, this is not, uh, doesn't, isn't made of the stuff. It's certainly going to be one of the five nominees. I mean, he's really exceptional. Wow, okay. And anybody else? Screenplay? 
and 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 it's not any big dramatic uh, um, conflict scene. He's completely knew he was gay all his life. It's just that he, like many people of the generation that was born in the 1920s, early 30s, it's just a lot of guys just figured, listen, I got to do something about this horrible thing. Uh, and his wife, who uh, was played by uh, who Ewan McGregor's mother in the film, has explained that she, he said to her when they talked about marriage, you know what I am, you know who I am. And she said, don't worry, I'll fix that. Hmm. And he said to himself, Jesus, I'll try anything. So they, they went with it. Oh, God. And, and they had a relationship, and they didn't hate each other or fight or anything. It's just that he was never much of a lover or a real husband in, in a lot of respects. Oh, God. Wow. Really? Oh, I can't wait to see it. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So, but anybody else in the movie? Any other leads or... You know, Melanie Laurent, I was just saying to uh, Mike Mills and to Roger that, you know, Melanie Laurent, she's the one that, that, that popped through for me, I think, for many of us in, with her role in um, Inglorious Black Bastards. She played mm -hmm. a young, young woman who was hiding from, uh, from Christoph Waltz at the beginning uh, underneath, and then she runs for it and gets away. Quentin Tarantino got exactly two colors two emotional colors out of Melanie Laurent in Inglorious Bastards. The first one was fear, uh, terror of being found out, being killed by the, uh, Christoph Waltz and his Nazi goons looking to hunt out all the Jews in France. Mm -hmm. The second one, when she's already established, she, and she has established herself as a projectionist and a running uh, runner of a theater, that she will take revenge. She's got this steely, angry, I will have my moment of, you know, and that's all he gets. Whereas Mike Mills in this film, <coughs> gets like 40 colors from her. She has all this range and all this interesting, moody, kind of whimsical, smiley, forlorn stuff. Hmm. It's just, it's like seeing somebody give a good theatrical performance. Oh, you know? great. God. So maybe for her then a nomination. I don't think it's enough. It's just that she's very winning. Hmm. It's a little obscure, the character. I wouldn't rush to say that, but I would certainly rush and declare without, uh, without any ambiguity that this is a, a Chris Plummer thing uh, for Best Supporting Actor. You know, also, there's that element when a person is in his 70s, you know, it's Gold Watch Award. I don't know when he was last uh, nominated, but he certainly should have. <clears throat> he was, remember, he won for playing Mike Wallace in The Insider by, I think it was the L.A. Film Critics and also one other significant critical group. And I don't think he, uh, I don't remember if he was nominated. He mm. probably should have been. I mean, he should have been and he probably was. I can't remember. I'm not right. looking at the right. data in front of me. But he should have won. And it's was one of those things, well, he almost got it then, so let's give it to him now. Plus, he had published a, his autobiography about, what, a year and a half, two years ago. Mm. So it's, it's, the elements are aligned in his favor. So well, that's great. That's great. It's okay. Completely respectable film. Completely respectable and very, very uh, winning because it's, uh, you know, it, it, it weaves. It's the the, the narrative uh, is kind of weaves in and out. It time shifts. It goes forward. It goes back. It's like patchwork. You know. Yeah. So it's, it's very very nice, and uh, and pleasing and never boring, and uh, good good characterization all the way through, and uh, only one problem, which is Melanie. Uh, English. I could understand half of what she was saying at times, 
uh, maybe that was the sound system at the uh, theater I saw it with, saw it, saw it at in Santa Barbara. I don't know, but sometimes people who whose language is a little, you know, that's English is not their first language. It's hard to understand them sometimes. Right, right. But I'll bet when I see the DVD or Blu-ray of this, I'll be able to understand it perfectly. It's just the theatrical sound system. So, as we've been talking, I've been doing a little bit of internet research, and I, I have to conclude that I think those Blake Lively photos are real. Oh, why? I just did some, um, <clears throat> I did an image search of her. I'm going to send you a picture of her in her bikini with her boyfriend. and Former boyfriend, you mean. <laughs> I don't know, She's Jeff. with Leo now, right? No? Aren't uh, they supposed to be going out? Well, that's, they had pictures, but she's been with this one guy f for forever, you know. I don't know if they're okay. still together. And I haven't heard that they broke up, but I guess they did. So I'm sending you the link to that. And if you look at this body, I mean, you can tell it's the same body. You look at her belly button and her hips and her boobs. Yep. Everything is the same. So it's got to be her. I don't uh, see any way it can't be her. Okay, I just clicked my inbox. I don't see you yet. Uh, I know you sent, I heard the sound of... Um, yeah, she'd be coming. Groover. I hope I sent it to the right Groover. But anyway, you can tell it's her. It's got to be. Uh, she oh, looks look, there's going to be a conversation between J.J. Abrams and his music guy, Michael Giet... Giet or is that the DP? Hold on. And let me see. And, um... No, yeah. Giacchino. Giacchino. Mm -hmm. He sounds very much like John Williams. Uh, his score for... Super Ed sounds like John Williams, and they're going to do a thing at the Hammer Museum on this coming Sunday, the 12th. Oh, nice. Which is two days after it opens. Oh, that's great. I love the music. That's a really nice uh, element. I was very content and uh, saying, that's a good touch. You know, it's all part of this, you know, bringing back that feeling of old Spielberg. So. Yeah. Anyway. How about, uh, speaking of not getting into things, have you gotten yourself... Um, yeah, I am actually going. I am credentialed for the LA Film Festival. Oh, great. I was yeah. that. Okay. And when does that start again? <laughs> you know, the thing is, uh, is that... Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it might be something like the 15th or 16th around there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the thing about leaking nude photos is that a lot of actors do it just to sort of get their career up into the stratosphere. Because nothing will make you a household name like leaked nude photos. I mean, That's what I just said. I feel like I'm invested in her. It got to me. It's something, a key was turned in the lock, you know. I just like suddenly went, whoa, and I'm like tuned into her. Now every time I hear about her, there's going to be an interest factor that I'm sorry. It makes me sound like a primitive, but it's, I feel no. interested in her. You're now. just a red-blooded American male with, yeah. with a special desire to see naked celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> naked blonde celebrities but you know um it's mm. not just you you know everybody will be fascinated by her women and men because now she's in the you know she's such a good girl it's the thing about her she's just always been such a good girl that um right. it's kind of hard for her to to get rid of that america's you sweetheart definitely, but i want to tell you the other groover is getting it not me because you haven't come through Shit, and i would have gotten it by now all right let me try it again let me just send to you and just send a reply how about that then you can't possibly get it wrong. I have Groover1 oh. at gmail.com. Is that on it? Yeah, that's it. Yep. All right. I'll set it again. I'm also going to send it. But you can tell it's her. I mean, it's the same body, the same body shape. It can't be, not be her. And her hands are even the same. You can see her hands, the way she's holding it on the bathroom thing. I mean, yeah. the only thing they might have been able to do is that if she's in a bikini or a bra and underwear in these photos, that they could have oh, photoshopped. Oh, they erased it? 
They could have photoshopped it to make her look nude. That's the only thing I could think of that they could have done. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that definitely looks like her body, mm. I think. Just Did you happen to read any of the analysis that I was uh, referring to about tattoos being worn during the making of... No, that makes that doesn't help because the pictures of her with tattoos are separate from the nude photos. She could have easily had those on her cell phone. You know, they're not the nude ones. They could have included the nude ones with those and said, these are her nude photos. Just oh, to, I see. Yeah, okay. You know, because there's not one picture of her with the tattoo in her naked body. It's just separate naked. Picture body. of her neck. You can see her neck. But there's no tattoo in it, though, in those, these photos. You can just see her neck. There's only one separate. Okay. All right. Well, anyway. But, um, but the question is, through, so I can't. have you gotten mine? I sent one to you. Did you receive my email? Yeah, I got yours. All right, Which I'll send it back to you. How weird. That's funny. So this is a very lackluster... um, (laughs) No, it's not. It's fine. Is it it okay? You know, we're not burning the the, the airwaves up here, but it's it's okay. We had a hard time getting started, but, you know, um, this this, uh, website friend put up together a best pictures list you know and i put it up on my site to just talk about what he thought were the front oh hell yes I, I was going to respond to that and say yes to that no to that can you that was about four days ago right yeah Three i'm, I'm going to get it right now and just just so we can we could talk a little bit about what we think um i'm going to tell you what i thought were the the top 10 right now most promising projects for oh, hold on let me just find your let me find it on your site now how far down is it on awards daily how how far into the uh, how many? Um, is, it's not on the front page, I presume, right? Well, mm-hmm. but I, it just let me just bring it up in front before we talk. Well, about you're not it. getting my email, so I can't even send you the link, right? No. Uh, it's called premature adulation. Okay, I can do a search on your site. I don't know why right? you're not. Get, well, it should be on the side on the features listings, and you see it there. You can click on it. Just right on the right side. I see it. Got it. Okay, here we go. Yeah. All right. So shoot. So what do you think? Okay, so he's got. Um, I, I cut out a lot of the ones he had because I just did not think they had a chance. But the ones that I, I wheedled his list down to was um, War Horse, and I have it in the number one Wait spot. Wait a minute. You, you stop, start at the top with Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Why don't we just go from what he's got here? Oh, you want to do his things? Okay. Then, all right, so he's – but <clears throat> I didn't take his this – this is his list of frontrunners. He has a whole yeah. bunch of other potential films that he has on there that I think have no chance. Um, and by the way, his site, for anybody who's listening and wants to visit his site, it's not on here. Oh, Awards Corner. Okay. So it's awardscorner.blogspot.com. That's how you can find it. All right, so we have The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which he has on there, but I don't think um, it should be it's, considered it's, an Oscar it, movie. It's not an Oscar movie. I know. It's just, it's just a good David Fincher movie that's going to be really well. You know, how can it be considered an Oscar movie, given what we know it is? Right. It doesn't have any... Um, it's just a, one of those first-rate things that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm gonna, I can't wait. But it's not you know, <clears throat> you know the scene in Quiz Show. Quiz Show is like one of my favorite movies, and there's a great moment in that when um, Charles Van Doren is, is is trapped into the game show, and, and he gets he purposely gets the wrong answer, and there's a smile on his face because he knows he's out of the game. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I saw that with David Fincher when he was talking about Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> It's like, he's like, you know, after what he'd been through with Benjamin Button and with um, Social Mm. Network, it's like, to me, he looked like he was ready to just make a movie, you know, Mm. and not an Oscar movie. And for people to start piling on like that, I mean, I understand it's because of out of love for him and respect for him as a great director, but I just don't see this movie as having any appeal to these people, none. 
I mean, it might be like cinematography, maybe art direction. Maybe she'll get a nomination. I think acting. they're going to flay it all they can to, to keep uh, the interest going during Oscar season. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's, right. it's going to be a very high order. Oh, that. yeah. His prestige alone will get it in the, in the yeah. 10, probably. Yeah. It'll be nominated. But it's not going to be a front runner to win. And this guy's right. got it at number one. So. Mm -hmm. Tree of Life is, uh, uh, do you concur, because... Um, I, I wrote a while back because Kenny Turan and Marshall Fine, guys of a certain boomer uh, orientation, uh, and uh, you know, good writers and good good uh, critics, and you know, since the seventies, they don't mm -hmm. like it. That mm -hmm. means the Academy is not going to like it. Right. 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 I think. I'm sorry to have to say, I love Fox Searchlight, and I I really love the movie. It was one of my favorites that I saw. And you know what? So what if the Oscars mm -hmm. don't like it? I mean, I know that means more money, but let's face it, it's a hard sell anyway. That movie for people like um, your friend Lex G was writing on Twitter. It's like people are going to be in the movie theater after an hour, going, "What the fuck <laughs> is this?" <laughs> and they're going to walk out. The only people who are going to see it are people who know what it's going to be going in. You know, It's not like they're going to be able to sell this movie very well. You can't say, oh, yeah, you'll go in and be moved. It's more like, yeah, you'll go in and have a really trippy experience. Go while you're stoned and have a really trippy experience. You know, it's one of those kind of movies. It's like Koyana Scotsi or 2001. You know, it's one of those trippy, um, mind-altering experiences, I think. Um, now, I think as far it's as great. I, I understand and see, can see here you have Warhorse as your... Uh, Presumed front runner, but and mm -hmm. I think that uh, if it's oriented around the young boy, the young British boy who is the owner, the, the, the friend of the horse, and who loses the horse, and the horse goes over to to, uh, to the continent and gets involved in trench warfare and all that. Uh, if it becomes about the boy and his relationships with his father and his trying to find the horse, in other words, he makes it about a young boy searching, I don't think I'm going to be very um, taken with this thing. And I, and I say that as someone who has not seen the play. And I, Oh, you're I, going to be taken with it, Jeff. <laughs> I am not going to be taken with it. I'll betcha. I, I don't like speed, Steven Spielberg. I'll so. bet you a, a blown-up, high-resolution shot of Blake Lively nude that you're going to like this movie. <laughs> Well, here's here's how I'm gonna go for it. If if it's a uh, mixture of, and I've wrote, written this many times, but if it's a mixture of Alhazard Balthazar, which is a wonderful, timeless classic film about a poor donkey, kind of a Christ figure who's mistreated and treated cruelly by people, by all his owners. Why do you laugh at this? It's cute. No, just keep going. It's all right. It's cute, donkey. It's cute. Anyway, sorry. Well, ahead. it is. It's about a donkey who's who's kind of a saint. It's a saintly donkey yeah. who's who's um, represents a kind of a you know a purity in God's eyes. And people are cruel and they're mean and they use the poor donkey for. And this is kind of what's going on with this poor horse who gets uh, caught up in, in and his life is uh, threatened and he goes through misery. You know. So, um, if it's on that level, in other words, if he makes it about the horse, then you're talking about an art film. Then you're talking about impressionism. You're, you know, how life seems to this poor horse. That would be fantastic. Then I'm completely down with it because then he's calling upon, he would be calling upon his uh, considerable gifts as a pure scenarist, a pure cinema person who knows how to put the camera in the right place. And, you know, in other words, he won't be leaning upon the sentimental. Um, hmm. Value of a, a young, a young, a young lad uh, who wants very much to get his beloved horse back and, and yeah, save yeah. life, you know. And that's well, the obvious cheap, emotional way of going. 
if he goes the art film route, then we've got something that's really exceptional and quite... Well, it's already it's already kind of... Well, you know, there are two things. It's Disney, right? So it's got to be a family movie. But also, people are going to say... Mean, that means the young lad is what you're saying. Kind of. But the thing about the play is that it's all about the puppetry. You know, and, and they, some critics can't, might... Obviously might. it can't be. Here, well, so. yeah, exactly. So the critics might hold it against the movie a little bit and say... You know, the great thing about Warhorse was the puppetry, and without that, you don't really have a, a story. But I've heard from several people that have seen it and just thought it was the most amazing, sobby, you know, horribly crying movie. Grown men talking about how it reduced them to tears. And so, of course, that's right up down Oscar Street, isn't it? Um, Let me tell you something. I heard exactly the same thing about um, guys, grown men crying at... King's people, Speech. For, at <laughs> and I heard people crying at uh, King's Speech, yeah. Yeah. King's Speech sobbing. I don't trust at King's that speech. at all. I don't care anybody. That's you mean even if they both won Best Picture? <laughs> but you know, um, the other movie I think that made me sob, like choking yeah. sobs, was incredible, extremely loud and incredibly close, which I think is also right up there for me. That's number two. It's right after War Horse, just right now in this early stage where you can't tell anything about anything and you don't know what's going to be. That movie, it all rests on the boy. You know, and how good he is. Because so in other if, words, you're saying this is a, th a thing about a young boy, not about the horse. I'm saying that War Horse, it doesn't matter about the acting, probably, because it's Spielberg. And I, if there's anything Spielberg can do, it's... it's. I, I'm really feeling de negative about this. Although no, Hook, Hook notwithstanding, he's great with kid actors, man. The guy is great. See, I, I, I trust I, I Spielberg. I don't he's, want this to win. I, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, like, uh, campaign against it. Because <laughs> yeah, that worked so well for us last year. <laughs> You got it. You know, it's a young boy film. I, I hate it already. All know? right. Well, it's forget. Like, okay. So, in, extremely loud and incredibly close is also, to me, like right you know, up there. You, you jumped over Jay Edgar. I know. I'm, I was only bringing that up because it's also a sad, sappy Disney movie with a kid in it. You know. So. Um, okay. So, Tree of Life, War Horse. Now, Jay Edgar. Yeah. It's Eastwood. So you know, it's going to be at least um, competent. Mm-hmm. Sure. And yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, and it's already, people are already talking about the gay stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Could be mm -hmm. great, yeah. It's sure. definitely sure. got to be in the top five, you know. Yeah, yeah. Eastwood, Eastwood, like Spielberg, they're both so assured. You know, they're yeah. just such great directors that they can, they really can't make out and out bad movies. You know, yeah. I think that Eastwood's problem with Hereafter was really about the script, less mm -hmm. than about the directing. You know. Now, when is Warhorse supposed to uh, be out again? Mm, Oscar December, time, right? yeah. November, December. Mm -hmm. And this is uh, just turned June. Right. Just, just got out of May. You've talked to more than one person who's seen it. The play. And, and, oh, the play. Excuse the me. Play. I thought you said somebody had seen the movie. That's no, no, no. They're just, you can't say that people are weeping at the play. And they were weeping at the play, and it's all winning already, winning all these awards. I'm telling you, that is the best picture frontrunner right there for sure. All right, stop the presses. Sorry, it is. Stop! No, stop the presses. Stop everything. Announce to the world your emails finally arrived. All three. Of them. <laughs> wow. Blake Lively. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like my goodness. <laughs> so, am I right or what? It, uh, well, let me see. Classy Hollywood. Blake Lively bikini. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, hang on for a second. So you got to look. Look at her hands. Look at her belly button. And then... Yeah, that looks like her. And her so, hip. Yeah. I mean, she's a little less cellulite-y in, in now in those pictures. But that was maybe taken a while ago. I don't know. But 
How long ago was this? When you're taking cell phone shots of yourself, you're posed in such a way that you don't show that kind of stuff. So she she probably, you know, taking photos taken by paparazzi are going to show everything, you know, because they don't filter. Yeah. So she's definitely showing her best angle when she's holding up the cell phone, you know. I just wonder who she took them for and who she sent them to. Probably her boyfriend, I would guess. Maybe, sure, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that, would be, that would fit. So I guess I'm the only one in America who doesn't think there's anything wrong with taking nude photos of yourself and sending them to people. <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with that. Who, who thinks it's wrong? Who thinks it's the Well, problem? this whole thing with Wiener and, you know, everybody's well, if, acting if so scandalized. Be, if it has the potential to be commonly, widely disseminated and, uh, then you're, and you're a politician with uh, aspirations, obviously it's not very bright. I think the worst thing about that was that he was stupid enough to use Twitter. You know, that was pretty pretty stupid. Showing your stupidity like that and your lack of knowledge about technology is bad. If you're a politician, you and should know more than that. He's not a he's not some old guy who doesn't understand uh, technology. He's right. only what thirty something, late thirties, early forties. I mean, you don't put something on Twitter. I mean, I guess you could direct message it if you really had to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. And it was somebody he didn't really know. He was just sort of sexting with somebody, right? He, he didn't really know this person. I guess and so. I didn't really know. And they've really got her it. talking, I heard, too, also, right? Well, I'd like to know how the press got a hold of the photos. Did the girls leak them? You know, was it some sabotage thing? Was it for money? You know? Yeah, sure. Did the right get to them? What, you know? I'd really like to know, because to me, that's as corrupt and disgusting as what he did, which I don't mm-hmm. think is corrupt and disgusting particularly, except for the fact that he's married. And I mean, sure. I guess if... if you know, that's to me. That's between his wife. Although he's a public figure, so if they're public, then I guess it's our business. But not our business. We're not citizens of New York. You know. Um, but you kind of are. <laughs> I'm kind of what? A citizen of New York. Okay, so Hugo Cabaret is next, and this is one I don't know much about. I have to say, even though it's Martin Scorsese, my favorite director, I don't really know much um, about this project. It's just turning up on every all these, you know, Oscar people's top ten lists of movies most likely to be nominated. It's always Hugo Cabaret's on there. Um, well, it's uh, certainly a good uh, acting opportunity for Chloe Moritz and the young young lad who's cast opposite her. Uh, it's going to be 3D, as you know. Right. And, uh, I don't know. It's kind of a big maybe. You know, it's it, it's presumed to be a top tenor because it's Scorsese and all that. So right. Let's just see. Um, oh, so Cronenberg, I don't know where you get him because he's never he never he doesn't make Oscar level films. So. Well, again, I was going off of that guy's list. I took it off of my. The, if you go down to the bottom of it, that you have my yeah. top ten. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, and Midnight in Paris, I think is is uh, is more uh, under the category of being. Very pleasant uh, and very amusing, very agreeable. Uh, saying something thematically that's true that we all realize that it's we all kind of uh, romanticize and uh, blow out of context and proportion mm-hmm. of the past and you know. So you know, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. If that's uh, you know. It, it could be. You know, it's if, very if, well liked. Yeah. If if, if there aren't nine better movies that take its right. spot, but <clears throat> to me, it's like it's. Whenever there's a good Woody Allen movie, it's usually recognized by them. And especially if, you know, it's one of the few movies that is uplifting and sweet. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a okay, trauma. Now, but mm-hmm. now you were, um, you veered right into, and I, and I uh, concur with you. Have you read 
script of extremely loud and incredibly close? I did, yeah. Had, yeah. I read okay. it. Uh, it you, you said this about four or five Oscar pokers ago, and it's very, uh, very moving, very touching. You, yeah. You maintained. I do. I think that it's one of those things, though, where if the kid has to be good. You know, if it's a bad kid performance, then mm -hmm. it's going to suck. But, you know, if the kid is really, really good, then, and it hits all the notes that the screenplay hit, which is a brilliant screenplay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really think if all goes as planned, and this this might be something that comes back and bites me in the ass, but mm -hmm. um, this could be Eric Ross' second Oscar um, for screenplay. It's a really, mm -hmm. to me, it's a really well-written, although War Horse, you know, could take it down. Right. I feel like it's going to be between those two movies unless one or the other sucks, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or both. Now, why, why do you think he has the final uh, Harry Potter? Is this along the same... Um, uh, rationale that the Lord of the Rings movies having yeah. finally come to the end, then you, so. you say, oh, well, it deserves some kind of best picture. That's my thinking. I don't know for sure, but I, I'm guessing, obviously, that, that after all those movies and all that money made, that they would acknowledge it. Hell, they gave The Blind Side a Best Picture nomination, and they're not going to give Harry Potter it. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's crazy. It's true that the movies are kind of nonsensical, you know, for people yeah. who haven't read the book, and so that is a problem. If it's if the story makes sense and you can actually watch it as a person who's never read the books, then then they're in. Yeah. But if it's like the last one, which was basically to me unwatchable, then you know. The last uh, Deathly Hallows. Is yeah. Right. Yeah, part one of Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Well, I don't understand why. If it's not that good, if it's just you know the obligatory finale, it had to come, and here it is. I don't see mm. why anybody would want to. Uh, uh, you know, give it uh, an award nomination just because it's come to the end. But I guess you're right, the money alone. The money alone, you know, that's... Yeah. Um, so, The Descendants, Alexander Payne, you know. Oh, I finally read that on the plane over Paris. Oh, you did? Oh, finally yeah. read it. The book or the script? Script. Oh, and how is it? It's very good. It's, it's, um, it's, it's modest, doesn't uh, have any really big sets, uh, set piece scenes, but it's really just about kind of picking up the pieces uh, slowly and gradually, kind of uh, mm. uh, father uh, sort of getting used to and growing into the role of being a father who cares a little bit more than just being the dutiful, uh, slightly absent, uh, loss in his work father, which is the mainstay of our culture. And uh, because the mom has gone through an accident, a boating accident that's left her in a coma and to the point that she's not going to be able to sustain herself. She's on life support. And uh, the daughters, two daughters, older and younger, the younger one's fat and, uh, and kind of acting out a lot of crazy stuff. And the older one is kind of college age. <clears throat> and it uh, turns out that she had an affair. Uh, and uh, he finds out about it. Hmm. You know later and uh it's it's just really works as a piece i'm i'm thinking it this is this is just it's small but it's modest and it's true and it seems to me that it's gonna uh, really sink in as a as one of the ten no question great great so just from the writing you know i'm not saying, yeah and, you know is it as good as sideways <laughs> well that had uh that had the comedic element of these two guys and this strange uh, chemistry between the 
you don't, they don't, you don't see why they're friends, really, but they, you kind of do in a way. Um, um, at least how they used to be friends. They've grown apart. And, it's, and that, those looks on Paul Giamatti's face as he Oh, my God. <laughs> that is like one of the best movies ever. I really, I love it. It puts me in such a good mood. And yeah. Have you yeah. ever, um, do you do much book reading at all? I know you're so busy, you probably don't have time to sit down and read a book. But I, t- I really recommend um, Jonathan Franzen's Freedom. Mm-hmm. for you to read. Actually, I think I ever told you to read The Corrections, too, and you should read that. They're both great. Yeah. And if you find yourself on a beach or whatever with nothing to do, you should get them. But Sideways reminds me so much of kind of a Jonathan Franzen sort of thing. Like, he really gets into the underbelly of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Alexander Payne does. He's just brilliant that way. So right. I'm really looking forward to this movie. I hope it's good. This is Roger Darling in a nutshell. Everything was perfect at his home and he just sent me an email saying Dan and I were so embarrassed for the crappy coffee I served you yesterday that we went out and bought one of those single pod coffee makers so next time you come you will have a perfect cup of coffee oh yeah you shouldn't do that (laughs) I was telling him you know Roger you don't even have to do that all you have to do is go and buy the uh, strong, uh, rich Italian uh, 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 instant that Starbucks makes. It's yeah. beautiful. It's perfect. Have you ever sure. had that? Oh, yeah. I lived on it in Cannes. Okay. All right. So now we've got the iron. We have to wrap this up because I've got to put right. a chicken in the oven. My dad's right. coming over for dinner. Okay. <laughs> so the um, uh, after um, the Descendants, which I feel is, is definitely count on that, yeah, they got Iron Lady. Mm. And, of course, my concern... My worry uh, is, you know, no question about Meryl Streep being a, a nominee, obviously, uh, in playing Margaret Thatcher. But yeah. it's the director, <clears throat> who was the director of, um, of Mamma Mia, her name is Felita Lloyd. Right, and right. I don't trust her. I think she's, uh, I think that movie was really uh, uh, mediocre. I thought it was mediocre. And I don't uh, see this being uh, that necessar- necessarily a, 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 a a worthy film in and of itself. So let's see. I'm not saying it won't be. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm not fortune teller. I didn't hate uh, Mamma Mia. I have to say, I didn't hate it. And I think that um, what she should show was a really good mm-hmm. um, a, um, rapport. I think with Meryl Streep. And I think that the two of them together, mm-hmm. um, I think she'll draw out of her a great performance. So to that end, I think it'll be. I mean, she's not going to have like you know Pierce Brosnan singing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in platforms and spandex pants, mm-hmm. you know, she's gonna. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I yeah. I have high hopes for it. I hope it will be great just to see Meryl Streep's performance alone. You know. Right, right. So. And we're forgetting Cameron Crowe. Uh, we bought a zoo. Could right. possibly be in there. I'm hoping for his sake that it's not another wipeout. Uh, it's not another Elizabeth Town. Let's hope. Uh, I think he's due to come back into the fold. He's mm. been in kind of um, a purgatory for five years now, and uh, on top of which is. Marriage fell apart. I mean, you guys really taking a lot of lumps. Like I said, it's like a movie. Uh, it's called Cameron Crowe instead of Jerry Maguire, but it's the same thing. Did it's his like marriage had... fall apart because of an affair? Do you know, or not that I care? But... Marriages tend to go apart for two reasons: uh, money and infidelity. Right. I don't know. I, he was going through a bad patch. If you're going through a bad patch and you can't get out of it, sometimes you you know things happen. You respond in certain ways, and mm. it, uh, who knows? Life is rough, man. It's rough. Yeah. And he had a rough ride. He had two movies that didn't work. Mm. He had, there was the um, you know, Elizabeth Town, and then he almost did this thing with Ben Affleck and Reese Witherspoon, which became to be known as Deep Tiki. 
and uh, that was uh, uh, ready to go and assembled, and they got together and they said, let's just go back for a rewrite, and it never happened. Oh, God. That was, like, all there. I mean, you know, pre-production, everything, and they just dropped it. So I don't know what that was about. But then there's The Artist, which we both saw at Cannes. What do you think about that being a... I love it. I think it's a great movie. And I definitely think it's... I mean, listen, Harvey Weinstein's The Oscar Whisperer, man. The dude just knows his shit. And one thing Mm -hmm. he knows is what they respond to. And this is Mm -hmm. nostalgia. And it's a lot of them... (laughs) We're old enough to remember silent movies. Right. I think that they, you know, they're going to go for it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it would yeah. be a brave choice and a really good yeah. choice. It's to me, it's still one of the best movies I saw in the whole year. Um, yeah. yeah, it's so uplifting. It's so charming. I don't see it missing, but we'll see. Yeah. I see. Um, I don't. I don't see my week for Maryland being a best picture nominee. Mm-hmm. But I've heard about it. I'm just a guy who happened to see it at a research screening in New York. Uh, but maybe um, Michelle Williams. You know, maybe. She's playing with Marilyn Monroe. Maybe. Yeah. You know who I hear, or, or uh, right from the get-go, the one who steals it is uh, Kenneth Branagh as um, Lawrence Olivier. Oh, great, great. But he really gets it, and he's the one that kind of steals it. And he's, um, so that would be another best supporting actor. I hope so. He's got a likability problem. Mm-hmm. In Hollywood. He really does. He has a likability problem. I don't know why. Maybe they don't forgive him for divorcing Emma Thompson and hooking up with uh, Helena Bonham Carter at that time, which he then, she then left him and went with Tim Burton, breaking up his marriage. (laughs) But, you know, that's just how petty people can be. I remember Henry, Henry V, he was basically, you know, I mean, just, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's about it, I guess. I don't, I don't know about Wuthering Heights. Do you know something about that? Do you happen to have uh, heard something? from? No, some? I haven't heard anything. In fact, when I saw it on his list, I did some research on it. I just did nothing about it when I looked at it on IMDb struck me as, oh, yeah, this is going to be an Oscar movie. So mm-hmm. I just took it off my list. But, you know, if it's a great enough movie, I'm sure. You know, there are a lot of movies like that, like Jane Eyre, you know, that are these they're really good movies or Meek's cut off, you know, but they just don't have that extra thing that can push them over, which right. is usually their box office or star power or feel goodism, you know. Mm-hmm. But an artsy movie that isn't a feel goody movie, no matter how good the acting is, it's just not going to get in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. All right. Well, enjoy your chicken dinner. Thank um, you, dear. So, uh, you and your dad and your daughter and, mm. uh, where does your dad live? Does he live up in... He lives yeah. in the valley. He lives here okay. in Woodland Hills, yeah. Okay. He's coming over to listen to Emma play her ukulele. <laughs> okay. How long has she been playing ukulele? Just a few months. Okay. So, yeah. All right. All right, great. So let's... Uh, and we'll do it, and we'll get back on schedule for sure. We'll get sure back on this, schedule. This coming weekend, right? Yeah, and I'll see you on Wednesday at the premiere yes. of Super okay. 8. Okay. Okay. All right, talk to you later. Be well. Bye. Thanks. You've been listening to Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. We'll be back next week. You can follow us on Twitter at OscarPodcast. And thanks for listening. I stumble in-